What's up, y'all? My name is Alex Johnson, and for today, my podcast, I want to discuss the inclusion-exclusion of minorities as head coaches within the NFL. Um, I chose this topic because I'm an athlete myself. I've always been an athlete, and I feel like this is something that's very important to discuss for players and for the sport itself, because especially in NFL and NBA, um, most of the players are predominantly black. The, the best players in these sports are, are black players. So I feel like African-Americans need to have a stronger voice, need to have a stronger gathering of the problems that are going with, going on within the sport. So I feel like that's why it's very important. That's why I chose this topic for myself. Um, when it comes to social media interests in the public, I feel like it's something that needs to be discussed and talked about as well because I feel like the social media has such a huge platform, such a huge impact on creating change today, especially like for today, we're dealing with police brutality and George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, things like that. And the social media has has had such a big influence on creating change and creating recognition and knowledge for people who are unaware or people who have the ability to, to make some kind of change. So I feel like it's very important. It's something that does need to be talked about, especially in today's world with the social media platform that every that everybody has. Um, when it comes to social justice in this topic, there's a direct correlation because these African-Americans, these minorities are getting limited or not even at all the opportunity to become a head coach simply because of the systematic white power, white privilege that is set up within the NFL ever since it first began in nineteen in 1920. Um, the stakeholders within this, there's, there's really three. There's the commissioners of the NFL. Um, there's the players and there's the fans. So there's definitely a hierarchy of it. The commissioners, the owners, they, they definitely have the most power in what's said and what's done. Um, but the players and fans definitely have a voice, definitely have the ability to create change as well. Just because there's more fans, there's more players that can come together and force those that are higher on the pedestal to, to create that change in their favor. Um, being that said, I want to jump into it a little bit more about the specifics um, came up with about three or four papers that, that highlighted a lot about these issues. Um, and I just want to discuss those a little bit. First one's first is, goes by the title of, has the NFL's Rooney Rule efforts leveled the field for African-American head coach candidates by Janice Madden and Matthew Ruther. Um, this, this paper is more of a statistical paper that goes to show the comparison of performance between African-American coaches and white coaches. And biggest takers I have for this is I'm going to just throw some numbers at you guys. From 1990 to 2002, the average wins per year for African-American coach was nine. The average win for white coaches was eight, which doesn't seem like much on paper. So it's a one game difference that African-American coaches are outperforming white coaches. But keep in mind that NFL is only 16 games. And that one game, especially looking at eight and nine, could be a huge determinant of what teams go to the playoffs or not. So that's been from 1990 to 2002. Um, and then post-Rooney Rule, 2003 to 2009, they were almost dead even. They were both averaging 8.1 and 8.2 wins. They both were were responsible for 38 and 39% of teams in the playoffs. And numbers were pretty much dead accurate. And that goes to show that what I took away from this is that it's not a, it's not a factor of are African-Americans not viable not valuable enough to to have teams win and to create a winning a winning and successful 
organization because the, the statistics clearly show that that's not the case. These these black African-Americans clearly know how to do the job. They can do the job and perform just as good, if not even better than these white coaches that are doing it in the NFL. So I feel like it, it definitely goes to show that it has to be something deeper than is this person qualified for the job? And it's more about cultural and more about um, probably the skin, the, the color of, of these of these men's skin that that limits them the opportunity to, to become a head coach. Next article I want to look at, um, this one goes by the name of About Time. Um, this is by Mr. Price by Sports Illustrated. Um, this is more so a, a dive into the look of Tony Dungy, who was a Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach, African-American. Um, up until 2003, when he was fired, he was a very successful, very good coach um, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Put on a lot of great seasons, winning seasons, and he gets fired in 2003. Um, he gets fired in 2003 after having a season that wasn't wasn't his typical best season. And I just want to take a look at what a quote that he said that really shines some light on what an African-American coach has to deal with, even if they do become a head coach in the NFL. Um he gets hate mail all the time. Some by the I'm a, I'm a quote it right now. You niggers are at, are always complaining. Look what happens when we put you in charge. This is something that a fan is saying to this head coach. He's getting in his home. That he's getting in his facilities and has to deal with mentally and emotionally on an everyday basis. Um, but what was very important to me as when asked about his experience as become as being a head coach and dealing with these underlying circumstances is his 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 response was the experience was good. It just made me more determined. You've got to be better. You can't lose it all. And for me, my takeaway is that that's just super, super unfair that as an African-American head coach in NFL, you can't be anything less than excellent or the greatest at what you're doing or you will be replaced. And there's a lot more that goes into to winning in the NFL. I mean, this personnel, there's, there's just a lot more stuff that goes into can I come in and win? And most of the time, these coaches who are African-American are put into the organizations that are the worst in the NFL. They're not being put into the into the teams that are that have the best records and have the best players on these teams already. So it just makes it 10 times harder for them to be able to maintain rather even over over getting the position in the in the first place. Um, last article I want to look at. This one goes by the name is Business As Usual. As Black NFL Coaches Are Snubbed by Jamie C. Harris. Um, this one is a dive into basically the comparison of how white coaches are chosen over black coaches, even when it is pretty obvious that these black coaches are qualified to be able to do the job. Um, this one specifically is a look at Coach Benemy, who's an offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, who have had great success in the last years, winning the Super Bowl last year. And um, this goes back to 2018. Um, there were seven head coaching jobs available. Um, the seven teams, I'm not going to name all seven teams, but there were seven NFL team head coach jobs available. Um, and being one of the best offensive coordinators in the league, he, def- he, he applied to become a head coach for one of these teams. And he wasn't given the job, and all seven jobs were given to white males who either weren't coaching it in the field or were assistants of the or were assistants assistant position coaches in the NFL as well. Um, 
a quote that really that really shone that really shined out on me was there is no plausible reason why Benemy was overlooked than him being black and the cultural comfortability that is evidently shared between white owners and white coaches that significantly informs owners' decisions. Um, that's just pen on paper showing you that these owners and these and these GMs that are making the decision of who was brought on is is simply simply behind political reasons and and personal favor. He's a man who has led the Kansas City Chiefs to success year after year after year. One of the best offenses in the year, ranked number one for many years. And even beyond that, besides that, there's younger coaches, even 38 years old, who have no really previous strong coaching resume being offered the position over him. And it probably comes down to simply the color of his skin and, and they're getting snubbed and they're not giving these opportunities to make more money, provide more for the family and simply just show the the value that they can bring to our organization because of the lack of social justice and the lack of, of diversity and opportunity that is available for them in the in the NFL. Um, all these articles are very different, but I feel like they all come together to piece and show the different ways in which social justice is a lack within the NFL and how there are different ways that white power is worked around in order to basically keep minorities suppressed or oppressed within specifically the ability to attain a head coaching job within the NFL. And this is something that needs to be talked about. It needs to be challenged and it needs it needs to be figured out because it's way deeper than can this man do the job or not. Statistics show that they can definitely do the job. They can even outpour outperform whites at the job. So why in the hell are are they not given the same opportunity that these white coaches are given as well? It just doesn't make any sense and it has to come down to like you said, cultural comfortability or or political or, or, or racial output that is is making decisions for for these ultimate conclusions of them not being able to hold the positions that they are. Um lastly the my views about this subject are are definitely are definitely biased because I'm a black man myself. Um and personally I feel that there are many, many, many black coaches out there that work harder and and strive to have these positions as head coaches that these other white men don't simply because of the privilege and the opportunity that they have that they simply just don't have to do the extra things that these black men have to do in order to get the job, but are still getting it over over these black men. Um, and it's just not right for to there to be three out of 32 coaches in the NFL to be black and all the rest are white. There just has to be more equality um, and there has to be more push for change within that within that realm of the NFL. Um, what I learned so far is that it's definitely, it's definitely deeper than I feel like even race sometimes. I feel like it definitely has to do a lot of with power and wealth as well. Um, these are billionaires. Right? I mean, we're talking about billionaires who... This is their life to just get more and more and more money. So in order to do that, they're going to keep putting either their family or people who they're closer to or 
people who they're culturally just more comfortable with and to positions where that the organization is still just ran by them. So they're never really overthrown. Um, if you com- if you if you continue to just have white people, white people, white people, white people, white people, and it's predominantly white people that the few black people that you do hire that you do have in these organizations, they don't have the ability to overthrow you, and you'll always be in control of what they do, and you can just replace them anytime you want. If there's more black people, then that that becomes a whole entire different discussion, a whole entire different different realm of things because you can create a a, a stronger challenge. And that's why I feel like it's extremely important for the the social context and the community context to to be talked about and to be influenced and to be recognized because that is really the only way to create some kind of change around it, to put pressure on these people who have more power. And once that's done and once there's a voice of all people, I feel like that's when the that's when the change really, really starts to come. Um I feel like I still do need to learn a lot about this topic and dive into more about um, the processes of why these decisions are made. Maybe try to find specifics of why they thought this candidate was better than this candidate or why they chose this guy over that guy and hear from these owners and these GMs specifically um, to see if they truly have an answer other than race behind why they're why they are going the route they are going and why they don't think that having African-American as head coach can be a positive rather rather than a negative. Um, the the position I will continue to take involving in, in addressing this injustice is to lead and talk about it through social media and just to get more people to talk about it and have this discussion and have these arguments and just create more knowledge within within what's actually going on. Even though it's obvious I mean, yeah, it's obvious that... I mean, most people probably don't pay attention to who's coaching and everybody's paying, paying attention to the players, which is a whole complete another thing to worry about and talk about as well. But I feel like it definitely is something that needs to be taught. The only way to over... To, to get any positions of the whites and be able to have the equality of them is to be in the same position as them. So if we can't be in the same position as them, then there's no way we can have more power than them. So we have to get minorities in these positions that the whites have in order to create change, in order to create a different flow in the wave and push back and create some resistance um, within this, within what's going on. So that's pretty much my podcast, you guys. A little bit about the inclusion, exclusion of minorities, African-Americans as being head coaches in the NFL. And I hope it's something you guys find in your interest.